Well, Doctor, I want to thank you again for taking the time to see me. Of course, Mr. Kleinschmidt. How can I help you today? Well, it'll, it'll sound crazy, I know. Oh, go ahead. You can tell me. But I, I keep having these dreams, Doctor, and, and I keep believing that they're real. I told you before, Mr. Kleinschmidt, to believe in one's dreams is a manifestation of insanity. You have to stop believing these things. It's nothing but fantasy. But they seem so real, Doctor. The last dream I had, I, I dreamt that the archangel descended from the heavens in a cloud and whispered into my ear. But you can see how ridiculous this is. The sooner you believe that this is crazy, the sooner you will start to get well. But but the archangel whispered and, and told me where I could find the last known copy of Code of Bushido. Well, where is it? Everybody, I'm Dave, and I'm Jeff, and this is the Two Half Squads, episode twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. It's not an even number to celebrate or anything. No, but we're just lucky to be here. We're glad to be here. And it's the only podcast dedicated to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. That's right. So far, well, we've had a very interesting month. I think it's been a month since we posted. A very interesting month. Yeah. A lot of activity and things, which we'll talk about. Do you want to start with that? Or should we talk about this person sitting with us? <laughs> I thought you guys forgot about what me person? This is Doug Grease. Did I pronounce that correctly, Doug? Yes, you did. And he's, he's joining us to get a little variety because we realized our listeners were getting bored of just the two voices. I don't think they were getting bored, but I'm glad. Oh, Doug's no, they were too. getting bored. <laughs> yeah. And I invited Doug, thinking he was a, a, a new ASL player. And also, I thought he was a, a fan, but apparently you've listened to how many shows, Doug? I, I have listened to one. <laughs> you listened to Three, Three-fourths of the way through. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, it was one of the funniest things I've listened to, and it's on my to-do list to listen to the other ones. <laughs> and in the meantime, how many games of Squad Leader have you played? I've probably played about maybe 20 scenarios. So he's too busy playing to actually listen to yeah. a podcast. Well, that's the way it should be. <laughs> it should be that way. On the other hand, we're too busy doing the podcast to play squad later. <laughs> oh, well, so it evens out somehow. And Doug showed up at my gaming club one day, yeah. the PASL, and can you give us your gaming background briefly? Um, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I played a little bit of Avalon Hill games when I was young with some of the kids in the neighborhood. I think Africa Corps was one of the and first ones I played. How old are you now? I'm 43 years old. So that would have been like 30 years ago. Okay, and yeah. then he looks twenty. So yeah, yeah. no, I do. I do look look younger by about maybe two years younger. Two years, forty-one. Yeah, you look forty-one. So I uh, played some Avalon Hill games, and then really didn't do a whole lot for a long time, and just never had many people to to do some you know face to face gaming with, and uh, ended up doing some stuff on the computer and you know playing like uh, some some of the hex games um, on the computer, and then. Uh, just uh, was looking around for face-to-face wargamers. Wanted to get into it and found somehow found the ASL group here and found out about your club and some of the stuff going on and 
just jumped into it. So that was just this past May June timeframe. So I'm to totally new player, but uh, I agree. I think it's the best gaming system I've ever played. I'm, I'm hooked. And I'm, I'm spending all my money on out of print modules, so it's been it's been a hoot. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he just got outbid on what? Journal number one. Yeah. So I, who, on who, eBay was that? Yes, it was. Whoever you are out there, you should yeah. be ashamed of yourself. You, you probably should lower your bid, retract yeah. it. Yeah. But um, welcome. You know, it was, yeah, we're glad you could join us. Yeah. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And you've really dived into it. I mean, you're learning the rules real well. And uh, Doug, when I played him, he had all these guys all spread out all over the place coming at me. I'm thinking. Oh, I thought this would be an easy win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I cheated. I don't know if you Alas. Had when we played. No, no, I didn't catch that. So, welcome. Well, Jeff. Yeah. Shall we go to some listener mail? Ooh, should we? We should. I think we should. Welcome to listener mail, and we've got lots of listener mail. Oh, it's just a medium amount of Well, we, we've received a lot of listener mail. We're not going to read it all, obviously. Yes, true. We don't yeah. get to them all, and we apologize again if we yeah. don't get to your letter. But we're awfully glad you've all uh, taken the time. Those of you that have, we've taken the time to. I have two letters to go back to back. Okay. Uh, this one from Steve. He uh, noticed our Pulaski reference on Pulaski Day. Yeah. And he was growing up. He had never heard of Pulaski. And imagine his surprise when his first assignment in the Navy was to the USS Casimir Pulaski. It's a ballistic Sub-missile submarine. Wow. I didn't know we had one. I did not know that. For clarification, he was surprised about being sent to a submarine, but this class of submarines, George George Washington class, is named after famous American leaders, or those in Pulaski's oh, wait a case. Okay. The, name of the, the name of the George Washington submarine was Casimir Pulaski? No, the, this class of submarine, the George Washington class. Oh, it's the Washington class. Yeah. But it's named know. Pulaski. Yes. Does it have screen doors? No, because okay. it's a submarine. Yeah. And um, he did have one note. And, Doug, would you look up 12.34 in Section A for us? We really brought Doug just to look up our rules for yeah, us. It's okay. I've been, I've been used for worse things than that. <laughs> what, what, what was it again? 12, A, 12.34. He wanted to maybe correct us or something. That Note that A, 12.34 applies to emplaced guns. So no luck, hidden initial placing unless you can place your gun. So when we were doing our guns episode, yeah, maybe we made it sound like you can go hip, hidden initial placement mm -hmm. anywhere, but you have to be in place. Would you read that for us, Doug? It says twelve point three four hidden guns. An emplaced non-vehicular gun and its manning crew slash half squad may always use hip if it sets up, i.e., starts a scenario in concealment terrain, even if in the line of sight of an enemy unit. An emplaced gun may also use HIP if not in concealment terrain, provided it sets up out of the line of sight of all enemy ground units. Okay. So I think I just kind of tend to assume everyone's always setting up in place, but you probably should note that somewhere yeah. in your setup sheet. Yeah. So thanks, Steve, for that clarification. We stand corrected. Or clarified. Yeah. Correct. And then uh, I've got one here from Rich Spilkey, our dear friend Rich Spilkey, who um, went to the New York State... ASL tournament uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and it looks like that the Windy City War Gamers of the Chicago area players did pretty well. Bob Bendis, Rich Domovic, and Rich Spilkey, who were the only Chicago area players that attended, all placed in the top 12 out of 54 total players. So that's that's very respectable. And Domovic had to come back from a um, zero-two start. 
to get there. That's pretty good. So that's pretty good. It is good. Yeah. So how about that? That was that's nice. Great. Boy, they went all the way out to New York State. Yeah, they did. The exotic lands of New York. How come we didn't do that? Well, remember sometime we're going to try to get to all the tournaments yeah. at some point in our lives. Yeah. My passport was uh, not valid. I think that's why I stayed <laughs> home. Doug, you have one for us? Uh, I do. This is from a DRO. And DRO says, I love the show, exclamation point. You now cause me to have the fever. I moved to Chicago from Boulder, Colorado seven years ago. And in my trying to reduce clutter and packing, I gave away all my war games, including oh, first edition oh, squad leader. Wow. Now I'm getting myself back in the game. Let's roll. All right. Welcome back, Dro. Can we call you Bro Dro? We could. <laughs> it's supposed to be a joke. We, yeah, okay. okay. You, you could, but it wouldn't be fun. It's good to note those. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really neat one here. He just started listening to the podcast, enjoys it very much. And in the last episode, 28, we had a reader mail from a fellow in Pulaski, Virginia. And he lives about 20 miles from there. And we had actually got these guys uh, seeking a face-to-face opponent. We managed to um, set them up, so to speak. Yeah, matchmakers. We were matchmakers. We are squad leader matchmakers. So yeah, I'm very glad about that. Yeah. And they actually started playing together there. And he also wants to say he really enjoys the box art reviews. Now, why would that be? Because he's painted the last several journal covers. No. Yes, and it's always interesting to see what gamers think about Wargame cover art. So this is from Ken Smith, the artist of the latest journal covers. Isn't that wild? Well, that must have been very exciting for you to hear that this guy is uh, an artist. Yep, a professional artist, and he recognizes our existence. Yeah. And he's willing to do an interview. Oh, that'd be fun. So look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. That'd be colorful. Doug, you have a letter? I do. This is from the Tuomo. The Tuomo says, To whom it may concern, to our chagrin... Your tawdry little enterprise has never once, in all capitals, touched on the endlessly fascinating subject of ASL maps. We are not amused. So, wow. so the Tuomo must be a group of people. Because <laughs> it says to R and it says we. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a group. It's a group of people. Something oh. like the Illuminati or something like so that, probably. It, it, Triumphant this, this probably Council. should be taken more seriously than we first thought. I think you're right. Well, we'll get on that. We'll do a show about maps. Yeah. I notice there's a black Humvee parked out in front of my house a lot with two guys with glasses. I wonder if it's dark glasses. I wonder if that's them. The Tuomo? The Tuomo. Maybe that is them. Yeah. Are they there now? Yeah, I think so. Can I go out the back door tonight? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Guess what time it is. Without further ado. What are we having, Jeff? Well, to celebrate the holidays, which are soon to be upon us, I got uh, a 12-pack from my local purveyor of... 12 packs. These are beers from around the world, so I just grabbed two out of there. What I have right here is uh, a beer called Eku. Eku Pilsner, the classic German Pilsner with the flawless balance, light and refreshing, rich and deeply satisfying, like a good game of squad leader. Perfect for everyday drinking uh, and perfect for playing squad leader. Brewed according to the German beer purity law of 1516. You should have had beer before they had that purity law. Oh, it was rancid. Oh, yeah. Rancid. Dead stuff. And, and, and Dave, your beer from around the world is from Cleveland? How about no, <laughs> no. Mine is Kulmbacher. Das legendary German beer also. Kulmbacher, Germany. Ich bin feinen und schnappen. Wow. That's what it says on mine. Speaking of Germany, we have a letter from Marcus Schenkes. Yeah. No, Marcus Schenk. I made him a Roman. Yeah. Marcus Schenkes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Marcus Schenk, and he says he likes to uh, discuss how people, how different people uh, play the game, the social settings. We could talk about those on this on this um, podcast. Yeah. And people eat food together. It's a social event. Maybe that we mentioned it a little bit when we did our roundtable, but also he says he's, there's a shop in Germany which sells old ASL stuff, Doug. Where, where's this at? In Germany, shrink-wrapped, like, shrink-wrapped, shrink pulled off the shelf, shrink-wrapped. Really? So this is the Games in Shop you know in what? Germany. It, it, it actually would probably be cheaper to fly over there, <laughs> yeah. buy this stuff and come back, yeah. and buy all this stuff on eBay. <laughs> Well, you wouldn't have all the uh, the grief and the stress of of watching the the bidding go on, the bidding wars, and then be beaten out at the last I moment. I, I, I'm starting to get better with like the five second the five seconds left on the bid. Yeah, and zapping so in there. I've been, I've been yeah. snagging a few that way. Oh, that's good. But you could just put in your highest price too. Well, I, I figured out when you put in your highest price, then people want to see how far you've gone. They right. start testing it, and you right. end up paying more for it than if you just come in and zip it at the end. Yeah, you can zing some people. Yeah. yeah. And now, the news. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> now, we won't be doing news tonight. Not that there isn't any, but... Mm-mm. Okay, what else? Well, Bill from South Dakota had a question. When you throw smoke in the open ground, do you suffer from first fire movement open ground and non-assault movement? Neg two on you. We looked it up, and the verdict is that if you expend... And Jeff, you missed this part. Uh, one... If if you stay in your hex, you can call assault movement. You don't have to take the one hex move. So if you do one hex move or less, you can you can do assault movement. So you would not have that neg one on you, assuming you're just using one point or two points to throw it adjacent. And then we said the movement open ground would always count yeah. against you throwing smoke. And, and you, you it's a movement factor. Yeah, and you can't use all your movement points in the hex. Um, you have to use less than your total amount and declare uh, assault, assault move, move to spend the points. Correct. So we've been glad to help Bill in South Dakota. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Bill in South Dakota to um, answer his question. Thanks for writing us, Bill. He gave us a bit on his background. But someone else has entered our studio, and that is Dave Timonen. Look what happens when you leave the door they open. Let, they let Hello. everybody in these yeah. days here, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Dave Timonen, often spoke of in our shows. Very much so. Yeah. Introduced Playing in a... Hakapale. Hakapale. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, uh, you gave us your background in a ASL Extra episode, correct? That is correct. So we won't have him go through his background again now. Yeah, yeah just see that episode, whichever one that was. So we're glad you could join us, Dave. Very yes. Good. Thank you. We That's brought nice. him in to play Quiz Show also. Yeah. Because he doesn't even own the rule book, so we thought the rest of us could trounce him. Yeah. Probably will. Did I tell you that's why we brought you? <laughs> to <Okay>. trounce you. <laughs> Don't feel bad, Davis, why they brought me to. <laughs> Except Doug actually reads his rule book. So. And we just finished, I think. Oh, listener mail. Do you have another one, Doug? From yourself, I believe it was. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I did. Maybe I did send this to myself. <laughs> you said. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, actually, I sent it to Dave, and, and Dave thought it was funny too, and sent it back to me, and then he just handed it to me to read. So, this is a video link that I came across while reading a review of the MMP. Operations Special Issue Number One, and uh, I think I found the link maybe on Board Game Geek. Uh, so I sent it over to Dave, and Dave thought it'd be fun to share with everybody. So Jeff, I think you're going to post this on the link. The, yeah, I'll the post link the link on the show, bunker in the show notes. But uh, in a nutshell, it's an old uh, German movie uh, in in German. No, it's and, the and, bunker. It's a fairly is that new, the name of the fairly new German? Oh, is it new? Movie? I yeah. thought it was an old one. Well, 2000. Oh yeah, uh, 2004. 204. 
Okay. Well, that's old for me. Five years ago is old. <laughs> New is like yesterday. No. no, no. Um, all right. So, uh, and it's it's Hitler being upset about not being able to uh, pre-order the Operation Special Issue, and it's it's overdubbed with the closed captioning, and it's it's very humorous. So. Yeah. We'll post that. It was very funny. Yeah. We won't recreate it here because we would just make it funnier. <laughs> the, and our comedy intro was last show was one of the most popular ever. Kudos to Jeff. Was it? You think? Uh, oh yeah, we had several letters that just said it was uproariously funny. It was about the out of stock ASL store. Oh right. This clip is similar to that. Yeah. So I'll give you a taste of that. Yeah. So that, that was, wraps up. Yeah. Oh Jeff, did you have another listener mail there? I do. I, I have one here from uh, Doug Pearson. Hi guys, I hate to bother you again, but I was wondering if you have ever played Cat and Mouse Scenario A19 from AL Annual 90. It takes place near Anzio, or Anzio. Uh, It's five turns, but the unique thing about the scenario is prior to setup, the German player rolls a die to determine which board is used. Only one board is used. It's an interesting scenario. And of course, Dave, I'm I'm, uh, Dave Kleinschmidt. Am I going to say Dave Kleinschmidt and Dave Timonen now tonight? Yeah, it would be fine. Okay. I assume you've played this. Well, guess what? What? I have a little list of scenarios that I have not played from oh. all the... You know how I go in order yeah. when I play and play them all? Um, that's in my list. Really? Cat and Mouse, yeah. and along with that is the last bid, the monster scenario mm. from... Oh, from Red Barricade. Yes. And this Cat and Mouse one. So it looks it does look very interesting, these little ones, really. And link them, kind of. So hmm. that's all I can say about it. I should have looked. I should have brought it with. Yeah. But anyway... Well, we'll have to put that on the list. Things to do. We got and a long speaking list. Speaking of, of scenarios, yes, Jeff, can we do a "What have you been playing lately?" conversation? Uh, I have one more listener mail. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, from Joseph R. Hey guys, uh, I used the iTunes link. Well, he brings up the fact that we've got a new website. Right. Why so don't you I suppose that. that now? I suppose we may as well talk about the new website. So we had uh, a couple of weeks ago the internet service that we use to host our podcast uh, had some servers go down. We tried to contact them for several days, and we were not getting any response. They don't have a phone number. We're just using email. We got no response at all. So we didn't know if they had, you know, uh, whatever, packed up and gone home or, or what was happening. And I was actually Twittering with a number of other people that use the same service who were in the same boat as we were. We just didn't know what was going on. So I decided to quickly, uh, well, as quickly as I could, move the site over to a different location. I've spent the last two weeks trying to get it all tuned up, and we are, we do have now a brand-new website. Of course, the web address is the same as before. It's www.thetwohalfsquads.com. It just now points to a new location, so we're using some new software to actually design the interface, and actually now the uh, the audio is still hosted. The other the old service we use came back online, and they want to continue hosting our audio, so it is still coming from there. But the interface is different. Anyway, we want to we want to let everybody know that uh, we'll try to keep this stuff as transparent as possible to keep your listening experience first rate. Podbean still has the sounds. Podbean still has all of the audio. I actually had moved all the audio, not moved it, but I had all the audio in storage on Amazon servers. Amazon has a backup service, and we could actually stream from there. But based upon uh, two weeks of use, it looked like it was going to cost us maybe $300 a year to use Amazon. Okay. Whereas the Podbean service was only costing us $120 a year. 
I put everything back to Podbean, and as long as Podbean works, that's great. And if ever they go down again, we can switch back to Amazon. And but again, nobody, probably nobody, will notice it. It's all going to go on in the background. Okay. But we got everything working now. We got I, the iTunes link is working. Uh, all of these shows are posted. We don't have all the comments from the old shows. I have them, but we don't. We don't. We, there's no way to post them. And we've added a few extra things, like uh, now there's a little thing on there, so when you go on, you can actually see on a map of the world that you're online. Okay, there's a little blinking light where you're where you're online, and you can see if other people are online at the site at the same time. And we also have some links to Amazon and some things like that. Did you see that, Dave, at the bottom? Yes. The Amazon carousel? Yeah. You can actually order Squad Leader products from, products from Amazon, and if you do... We'll get a percentage. We get like 10, 10 or 15% if you order anything through Amazon. Really? Just go, go to our website, click on one of those links, and buy it, and, and we'll get money. It's another good way to support the two half-squads. Yep. So thanks, everybody, for your patience during that arduous process. And thank you, Jeff, because I didn't do much. <laughs> yeah, you I, were worthless. I'm pretty worthless, worthless in that case. <laughs> I would just say, well, I guess it's over. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> now, fortunately, we had backups of everything and all that, all that kind of stuff. And so. you have the extra episode two I brought on. CD. Yes, but I, I, I was able to recover an episode anyway. two. So okay, yeah. that was everything. Too. Everything's up. We're okay, all good. Great. We're all good. And, and Spooky said he had backups of everything also. Yeah, so, so they're hidden away all over the world. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if we ever need them. What else? That's it for well, listener mail. Yeah, we were going to then talk about some recently played scenarios. Doug, yeah. what have you played lately? I played uh, an interesting scenario maybe a month ago. Uh, I, I think it's the my most favorite that I've played, and it was called Monty's Mess. And I believe it was from Out of the Attic, number one, I think. Okay, that, scenario that would be an official multi-man. Of course, so I had to Publish go out and, and, and buy that on eBay, because uh, <laughs> that's how I roll now with ASL. Um, and a great scenario, um, uh, I think it's the British uh, set up and have to... Uh, uh, retain control of some buildings, and then the Germans come in with all their firepower and try to knock them out. And you got uh, three or four can set up hidden, so it's one of those little uh-huh. little cat and mouse type of thing where you're trying to figure out where the uh, defenders hidden and root them out. And uh, a lot of a lot of fun, great scenario, highly recommend it. Excellent, Dave. Well, as you may know, Dave, <laughs> we've been playing some test scenarios with Hakapale um, thing. That I'm not supposed to say. Well, <laughs> Jeff, this isn't the Friday the 13th show. Oh, no. I spilled all over your show notes, Dave. I'm sorry. Shirts. No, I think. So, so is it secret? I know that um, it's, we're only t- playtesting, so I don't know how much I No, can you can really talk reveal. about it. Although I think if I read your email correctly back, the last scenario we've played, I think, three or four times, uh-huh. um, I think the Finns lost. Yes, and the last minute, as my Russians ran off a frozen river. Correct. And then I think we didn't read the victory condition correctly, that you weren't supposed to run off on that board. On the frozen river. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. No wonder, they, no wonder the Finns can't win. <laughs> they lose every time. We can't figure it out. No, no, what's funny is we played it previously, and we played it correctly. And then we go back to it again. And for some reason, I remember using the river to run around his positions and then cutting, but I forgot the part where I cut back over and ran off on the land, you know, in the last turn or something. So I had this memory of using the river legally, but you can't just exit on the river, frozen river. So, sorry, Dave. Yeah, and I think part of the problem is that you 
think you've played it before, you think you know the rules, yeah. and then you forget to read the scenario, right. and those little victory conditions are yeah. oh so important, oh, as yeah. you find out later when you lose, yeah. <laughs> as I did that last time we played. Oh, as, Jeff, long, as long as you had fun. Yes. It was good. It's very good. It's been a lot of fun. I can't wait for the module to come out. Well, I've been a little busy lately with some other things, but uh, actually the last scenario I played was Retaking Verville from Starter Kit number one, scenario number one. And the reason why I played it was because uh, Joe and I have finished Newbie-Doo Part 2. So we finished recording Newbie-Doo Part 2. We just need to... Here comes Charlie. Hey, Charlie, want a beer? Thundering down the stairs. We just need to uh, do the editing, and then we'll be posting that, so... Uh, nothing too new there other than we played an excruciatingly slow <laughs> version of the of the scenario. But it was good. A thorough Always fun. version of the scenario. Very yeah. thorough. Yeah, very, very thorough. We're also playing something from uh, Rally Point. Uh, recent Rally Point, Volume 4, Ruins of the Reich. Mm-hmm. We are halfway... Well, we're just getting started, really, with number 31. Able was I ere I saw Elba. But we actually started it like... A month and a half ago, and I don't remember anything. About it. <laughs> but we're going to try to get uh, back to that next week. I played a very interesting one with my friend Jim McDermott, who came back and, and played. We hadn't played for a while. The Time of Humiliations, J90, and it takes place in French Indochina, hmm. September 1940. And it has a French colonial force and some... Motorcycle-mounted French troops also, four of them, and three of those literally little tanks, those FT-17M things are like from end of World War I, 1917, mm-hmm. I think. How did you pick this scenario out of all the scenarios? Why did you guys pick this one? Because I'm trying to finish up all oh. my journal scenarios, yeah. and this is 90, and I think I'm, I'm past this one. I had skipped it because it has the dreaded rice paddy overlay. Yeah, yeah. dreaded. Why is that dreaded? Other than... In real life, there. Oh, yeah, you all didn't gasp because Rules. you can't get a hold of the Japanese module, can you? No, no, <laughs> it's oh, in is there. That, I is think. it from the uh, Kodapito? Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole half, half board overlay. It's all rice patties, oh. hmm. and the rules are like two pages long. I, I, and I look, I made a whole little sheet of notes on the rice patties and everything, and of course, then he didn't come through the rice patties at all. <laughs> oh, you're so kidding! I didn't need any of them, so it's possible to play Time of Humiliations without using your rice patty rules. If that's been preventing you. That, that looks like a little cheat sheet that you would do for like a high school exam. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And I stick it in. So I, oh, here's a hint, listeners. You you write up the rule cheat sheet, and then you stick it right in the scenario. And then the next time I play it, if I ever play it again, which I probably won't, um, even though it's great. No, it was great. We had a really great time. It had a railroad, and I was up on this railroad, a banked railroad, and then he, you know, is trying to avoid getting shot in the open. He's creeping around, and then he assaults my forces up on this railroad edge, and I came falling back, falling back to a little village. And then you ran across the, the frozen lake again? No, that was, no, oh, okay. no. this is in Indochina. This is this Vietnam? Um, and then the battle happens around the, the, the village, and I managed reinforcements come on on these motorcycles and a couple of those little tanks just at the last minute. So it was really very exciting. So... So I recommend it highly. Sounds good. Bless you, doggy. Uh, and I don't. Uh, I just wanted to go back to. I know we're done with listener mail, but actually, this isn't a mail, but this is a tweet. Oh yes. Because you know we are on Twitter as the two half squats, and we have sixty-four followers right now. So we're getting up there. 
we're a little little shy of uh, the one million mark that that we're trying to reach. But this is uh, from Todd Reed. I, I had posted today that we were going to be recording tonight and just invited people to post their shout-outs. So Todd Reed is shouting out to The Scrub. I don't know. That must be a person. Uh, Jay Richardson, Russ Gifford, Jim Burris, and the two half-squads for great work. So uh, there's a shout-out going from Todd. Great. Follow us on Twitter. Boy, if you really want to be lead an exciting life, follow <laughs> us on Twitter. Okay, who here, who here has a Twitter account? Raise your hands. Okay, just Charlie. <laughs> the, the only four-legged... Yeah. By the way, if um, if as we're collecting more, uh, you know, contributions to the two half squads, we're going to try to carpet the basement stairs so that when Charlie comes up and down, oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll miss that not sound. So, not quite so loud. Well, boys and girls, we all know what that music means, don't we? Time except, for me to leave. <laughs> except Doug, who doesn't listen to our show. Dave, what does this mean? Box art review. It's time for box art review. That's right. Doug is looking bewildered. I don't recall this part of the show. <laughs> Who's our host for box art review? It's me, Dave. Dave Kleinschmidt. And I have Hedgerow Hell. We finished the regular modules, and now we're going to the deluxe modules. Did we finish all the regular modules? We did. Oh, wow. And we see here, Dave, what is that? What nationality is that soldier? Doug? Jeff? Uh, he's male. <laughs> no, wait a minute. It looks like a United Nations. Wait a minute. He's got the yin-yang single, a symbol on him. Is he, he uh... does. He does. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. It's a blue yin-yang single symbol. We'll have to research that because he's not... What, you don't know the answer to it? Yes, everybody knows. Look at his helmet style. Oh, he looks like an yes, American thank you, to Dave. Me. Okay, well, that's the shoulder thing threw me. That's yeah, what I, it does, yeah. but that must be some kind that's of infantry regiment at. symbol that I did not look up. As Do you I think, did, I, I have a question. Did all the nationalities get together, like during the war, uh-huh. and decide what their helmet styles would be like so they could tell, tell each, each, each other, other apart? apart? Yeah. Like yeah. all the designers, the German designers and the Japanese designers got together. I want to do a helmet like this, and that way we're different. They did, because the Germans got to get the more mean-looking helmets, yeah. the Darth Vader style. Yeah, the helmets. Darth Vader style. Yeah, that's where they got it from was Darth. Right. And we see some Americans here. He has a, what weapon in his hand, Doug? Um, it's a grenade launcher. Grenade launcher. You yeah. can say it louder. Don't be hesitant. Grenade launcher. <laughs> yes, you there in the back. Yes. <laughs> and they're firing a gun maybe a 57 millimeter mm-hmm. gun or something and the shells are lying in the grass yeah we see the triangular composition of the soldier oh, the in tri- the forefront triangular composition. a typical beautiful triangular shape often used in madonna and child paintings from the renaissance era and oh, i was thinking the other madonna no oh <laughs> the michael jackson arrow i think also a nice that. destroyed what in the background Half-track? German half-track, <laughs> right? And some historically accurate camo painting on it. So George Parrish, some of his last work before he left this earth, and Ken Smith took over doing the journals. Mm-hmm. So we're anxious to switch over artists, but there's a pretty nice painting here. Jeff, do you have any criticism of it? You're very critical of everything. I actually like this piece a lot. It, I, I like the colors. I like the composition, a lot of action going on. There's three different areas of action that draw your attention. The burning vehicle, the guys manning the gun, and then 
the other, the single soldier in the front with the grenade launcher. So lots to look at here. I think it's very well done. Wow. Doug? Um, I got a D plus in art. So don't let that hold you back. Art is for everyone. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm, I'm tongue-tied. I have a question. Yes, sir. If I may. Um, in this scenario, in this module pack, are there rules for grenade launchers? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Artistic, we call that, you know what we call that? Artistic license? You are correct. So you can't do art without the license. Right. That yeah. allows them to drive to and from their job. Yeah. I have a comment, although I'm not an artist in any sort of fashion. Don't but let that stop you. He, the, the picture's a little off-center for that soldier. Usually when you're looking off of a picture, you want them either centered or a little bit to the, well, he's looking right, so you want him more to the right. You'd like him more over here Dave is than correct. over here, right? Dave that's, is that's, very me, correct. I think that's actually So bad. he's on the left side looking left. Right. Correct. Yeah. He's guiding your eye out of the picture instead of into the picture. So if you want someone like that in a picture, you typically want him in the center or off this way a little yeah. bit more. You do. Maybe this was part of a two-piece, uh, a two-part piece. Well, so remember the, uh, how we could turn them on their sides and yeah. see the full one. Yeah, yeah you I wonder, because they, they recut them to fit the box shape. Yeah. And this, this was a horizontal design. But they're they trying to cover up a lot in that picture. Yes. Yeah. So you're saying it's a little too busy? There's a lot in there that they're trying to convey, although I'm no, like I said, I'm no artist. But oh, but you knew about the rule about I, looking out I of a f- know, drawing or photo being bad. I, I was yep. not aware of that. Now, if we look at this one, Streets of Fire. Wow, you brought oh, two. Oh, so we're doing two. Double box art review bonus night. <laughs> Getting overwhelmed. What, what are you going to do when we're when you're done with modules? We'll do map board art review. Yeah, map board art, and that will please the Tuomo, the Tuomo. and they I won't come really and kill happy. us. Yeah, I haven't seen this much art since I was in the Vatican. I mean, this is astounding. Now, now going back to my point, yes. this one. Mm-hmm. See, this is right. This yeah. is correct because he's looking off. To the right, and he's actually a positioned little, to the left. He's positioned to the left. Yes, so that looks good. The movement is toward the left. Most of the men are toward the right, so they're leading into the frame, into the painting. We have a beautiful burning building. So, what city do you suppose this is, everyone? Stalingrad. 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 It's hell. streets of fire. You thought it was hell? Yeah. Well, it is burning, okay. and the Russians probably did go to hell, Dave, <laughs> because they're communists. Yeah. They're godless. How do we know it's Stalingrad? Did you do analysis of the bricks or something? We and don't. But yeah. the but the okay. the bricks in Stalingrad it tend to be reddish, which is actually true. Yeah, when I was painting some buildings. I, but the fire has nothing to do with the red. No, it has okay. to do with the enemy shelling the buildings and setting them on fire. Yeah. So uh, and what tank? What kind of tank is that? That is a T thirty four. Seven. D6, or maybe the smaller gun. Were there two different size guns on the T-34? Yeah, the 85 and the 76. That's a 76. Oh, there was an 85 on there? Yep. Later on, they upgunned them to T-34-85s. Much more potent tank. That's correct, right. Not that the 76 is not potent. It certainly isn't potent enough for anyone. However, um, I think the composition's fairly linear going straight across here again. Uh, Not as pleasing to me, but, you know, but that's what we got. Nice historically accurate um, Russian uniforms. Speaking of historically accurate, it's Robin. We're being joined by my Come wife. Come on down! Robin. Wow, it's a crowded foxhole tonight. This yeah. is exciting. Hi. I came during my favorite part of the show, box art. Thank you very much. Coming from an artistic woman like you, 
Would you like to comment on this painting at all? Well, it doesn't look like they're going to the movies. <laughs> Which is good. That would be the artist's intent. Wow. It kind of reminds me of Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Wrong, wrong <laughs> enemy, but that's okay. Well, I, I guess the star means Russian. Ah, ah very I, good. Could it be? It could be. You were right. I yes. think what about the, the prize for the, the night? The color scheme here. Do we, do we see a unity of color? Yes. Ochres. It's very earthy. Umbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the red. Red and orange. Yeah. yeah. There's stuff on fire, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a building. Very realistic. Yeah. Building. With smoke. I wonder if when they threw that smoke, if they got shot at with the neg, too. Or not. Probably. Uh, show Robin the uh, hedgerow hell. And then comparing. Shit. Because it's double night, right? Robin yeah, the hedgerow hell. You see them side by side. I like that one better. Because it's just more fun. Colorful. It's it's bright. It's a nice daylight. Mm -hmm. It makes the death seem less horrifying. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'd rather be shot on a beautiful day. Personally. Yes, because when you're dying, you can look up at the beautiful sky. They look like they might have a sack lunch in this picture. <laughs> they do. It's like a little a sack a lunch. A picnic. Yeah. They might be on a little yeah. picnic, yeah. and then some mean yeah. Germans attack them for no right. reason at yeah. all. Right. Well, shall we vote for your favorite, everyone? Uh, yeah. Get ready. All in favor of their favorite being Streets of Fire, say aye. Aye. All in favor of Hedro Hell? Aye. Hedro Hell wins. Oh, wow. Wait, Dave didn't vote. Oh, I just can't decide. I just yeah. love them all yeah, so much. It's hard to decide. Tough decision. Very nice one. Very today. tough decision. Yeah. Now, these are by the same artist that did all the other modules. George Parrish. Right? I feel like he's gotten better. I mean, is that you know, possible? Do you remember? Like he, like, yeah. yeah. I think there's much more naturalism to these yeah. figures, especially this American. Yeah. American looks almost kind of photographic quality, would you think? Yeah. And the Russian's a little stiff again. You know, like Jeff pointed out in well, his early are. work. They are that. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're stiff people. Russian, they're very thing. stiff. We don't want to generalize, but... Yes. Yeah. Stereotyping would be bad. Stereotyping. But anyway, that's going to bring us to another conclusion of Box Art Review. None too soon. I heard oh, that. Oh, sorry. I did too. That was not nice. Tell him he's mean. mean yeah, you're man. mean. Is, uh, How do you stay married to this man? Is Box Art Review on all the podcasts? No. In fact, I, okay. I, when I, when I, I thought I had to convince I Jeff like that it. this outline this would be a good show, so I looked up. We haven't done Box Art Review in, was it six shows or something? Me for yeah. that, right? Or something. Yeah, many, many. Yeah. So it was time to be resurrected. And one listener did actually make a huge contribution to have it continue. It was very controversial when it started. <laughs> You know, you got a very from someone saying, right? Art's always controversial. Take that out or something? No. something. So, Robin, are you going to uh, be in with us on the quiz show tonight? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Another person Jeff can beat. <laughs> wow. That makes one. Yeah. Yeah. You're very smart. I'm a very smart man. I actually think you dumb yourself down to yeah. be on the show. Yeah. Well, humility is a great trait. <laughs> I'm very humble. Just ask me. Yeah. Hmm. And now it's time for What's in the Box. That was spectacular. All right. Very impressive. Now what is in the box? Did you bring do you remember that bring the box, Dave? No. I brought oh. the box art review, Jeff. Oh. You're doing the review of Um, I wrote it down <laughs> right right 
here discuss packet Jeff has. But before we get into this, anybody need another beverage? You know, it's the end of the year. I'm having a, I'm going to open up a Burger Brow. This is a Czech lager. Czech lager. Thank you, the Three Stooges. Thank you, especially Curly. And Doug, what have you got? Uh, I've got a, a Summit Brewing Company Winter Ale that I'm excited about. <laughs> you look excited. David's looking at a bottle of water. Yeah, I have um, Aquafina Pure Water Perfect Taste. Um, I don't know where oh. it's from. You don't know where, where it's from? Water came uh, from, man. That's New York. Not a good sign. Purchase New York. Right. Really? That's exotic. I'm just having a little homage to Wisconsin. A little Miller Light. Miller Light. Tastes great. How about a beer? But it doesn't open. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there. Well, for what's in the box, this is actually a piece that we got uh, last, we had last time, but we had two different what's in the boxes, so we didn't get to this one. This is from our friends over uh, Evan Sherry and company, who publishes the Schwerpunkt. This is one of their rally point uh, items. Volume 4, October 2009, Ruins of the Reich. A special study, May 1945, featuring 10 new scenarios by Mr. Dr. His, His Excellency Mark Pitkavich. Who has like a, a God he's a desperation morale in guy. Yeah, he's a the one podcast well I listened to. You interviewed him. That's, yes, that's the one I listened to. You're, yeah. yeah, you're right. And when we did, it was funny. We were playing the ASL. Few returned. Few, few returned and didn't realize he wrote all those scenarios. Yeah, and we were always talking about interviewing wow. a scenario designer. So. That is a fantastic website. I mean, for a new player to figure out what everything is and all the modules and the periodicals and reviews of them, I mean, I'm, I'm on that site um, at least two, three times a day yeah, researching. Yeah. He's got a great site. You know what's missing on that site, though? Yes. A certain link to a certain podcast. Yeah. There's Your no link. Podcast? Yeah. The two half squads? Yeah, Mark has not put us on there at all. Mark? He said Mark. when he gets done with something, he's just done. <laughs> Well, get undone, Mark. Get us on there. See, Winston didn't like that. Yeah, yeah you're right. That's Winston's mean. Upset. He admitted he was a procrastinator, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, but I mean, he does put. Yeah, he he's put, in he the, puts out scenarios. He's busy, he's busy, busy writing scenario packs. He should be on our side. It's okay. We, we can't handle the bandwidth the way it is. We're getting so popular. Uh, anyway, I've got we've got ten scenarios here, and I'll just read a little bit from the words from the designer. Uh, the ruins of the Reich pack you are holding in your hands was an outgrowth of a long-time interest in mine, the chaos and confusion that surrounded the final days of fighting of a military campaign. World War II in Europe, where bloody, desperate fighting continued to the very end, offers an excellent ex- example of just how these sorts of chaotic circumstances... Uh, yeah. Okay, period. <laughs> like in that Monty Python movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 When I would buy a divisional history of a unit that fought in the ETO, I would invariably find myself flipping towards the back of the book, looking for the last actions in which that unit took part. Eventually a light clicked on my head, and I decided to make a virtue out of a fixation and design a pack of ASL scenarios whose common theme would be that they would all be set in the last few days of World War II in Europe. 
Thus, every scenario that appears in Ruins of the Reich is set in May 1945, the last week of the war. During this uh, of the war in Europe, during this period, German forces were typically fighting through sheer instinct and oh, here's a word I can't pronounce: intransient, intransigence. Mm-hmm. Okay, intransigence. We have to look that one up. Yeah. Ooh. Better start the, over. Set in the rule book. Yeah, I'll start off. Uh, or merely in order to escape to the west, rather than out of any hope of victory. Every weapon came out of the cupboard, too, including a myriad of captured, obsolete, or otherwise previous unused guns and vehicles. So it goes on, and he talks about it. And um, the first scenario is one that Joe and I are in the midst of playing. It's called uh, Abel Was I Ere I Saw Elba, which has to be one of the most cumbersome titles for a scenario, I think. We should have a a vote. You should say that five times fast. Do it. Abel was I R S I Alba. Abel was I R S I Alba. Abel was I bumper to bumper to bumper to bumper. I don't know. Uh, this scenario was designed at the outset uh, to be played by three players, although it works as a two-player scenario equally well. And uh, he says that you can even play four people with it. Oh. So I didn't know there were scenarios that you played with more than two. Yeah. yeah so there are a yes, few. There's a couple three-man ones we've done. How does that? How does that work yep. with three? Dogs of War. There's a great scenario where uh, German SS. German, you were the German SS. Yeah. Like I was the partisans, and someone else was the communist forces coming in. All three struggling to control the really? town square as the war was ending. I think that would be really interesting. It, it's good. I, I would be up for doing that. Yeah, sometime. it's good. Next time we have a three on a Thursday, we can try it. Although we have to play quick to get it all done because yeah. you got three turns a turn. Well, just don't let me set up. Then. Okay. Oh yeah. Why do you take a long time? I take forever to set up. Last time you did. Yeah, last time. I don't, well, I don't know half the rules. That's well, the hardest right. part. Like when yeah. I set up my armored car in the woods and and I had to start over my setup. I don't know yeah, that's true. You learn. So. I'm learning. Intransigence, unwilling or refusing to change one's views. Oh, good. Intransigence. Intransigence. That's like a, a word of the day. I get one of those word of the day things on my BlackBerry, and I never use those words. Hard to remember, I word them. I just use them that one time when I read it. They should make a scenario that is designed for a man and a woman to play. It's called. They, they, <laughs> starts with an S, they, Jeff. They do, but we huh? can't talk about S- it. On starts the show. with an S. S E X. A scenario. A scenario. A squad leader scenario. Oh, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> just an idea. Uh, so, ten great scenarios in here. I won't go through all of them, but twenty dollars available now. Notes, available now. At Schwerpunk the, uh, website. The website, yes. Do or they really at, and call it Schwerpunk? They do, and at Gamers Armory. Tell us, Robin, you know, what does Schwerpunk mean? Oh, don't ask me. Heavy point. Heavy point? Yeah. yeah, I think. Yes, like a striking point, the yeah. point of the sword. The, I mean, I'm just saying literally. Point where all the force goes, yes, you are correct. Well, we would say Schwerpunkt. 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 Oh. Dave, try it. Schwerpunkt? No, that's Dunk Dunk. <laughs> That um, would be my view. Schwerpunkt! Very oh, good. Doug's very good. the winner. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like 47% German. Oh, let's Doug see if you got it. Dave inspired, the, the Finn over here. I have. I'm not. I don't know German. <laughs> Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah. That was Bratwurst. good. Bratwurst. That was good. All right, that finishes. What's in the box? That gets us to. Sorry, Robin. Quiz show. 100% to the greatest game ever. Advanced Squad Leader, yeah. It sounded just like. This is really. We're we're back recording again. This is really a party. It's like a party show. This is our party show. It is a party show. I think once a year we get to do a party show. Do you know why? Because this is actually. um, Jeff and I were were having our own um, office Christmas party tonight. Yeah. And we realized it's just the two of us that work here, so. 
it was kind of stupid to have an office party. No one showed up. We forgot why. And then we said, hey, let's open up the whole studio tonight to others yeah. since we're having this office party. Yeah. I, I have to say, this is the most festive I've, I've, I've felt in a long time. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I can tell by the tone <laughs> in your voice. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm being serious. He's dude. starting to smile now, people. Yeah. I smile occasionally. Doug is smiling. Where are the cookies? We ate them all before you guys came. Yeah. Out. That's really Sorry. nice. Yeah. No cookies, but we do have a gift. Okay. Which is... The C4 Corner Cutter. Excellent. From Counterculture. And Dave Timonen says he's never seen one, so here, here we go. I don't know how that's happened all, all this time. Well, I've been listening to the show yeah. since its birth, and uh, I keep hearing about it. I've never seen one. Yeah. Well, do you own any squad leader? Any, any squad <laughs> leader at all? I don't own one counter. Nothing. Not Nothing. One. Nada. Would you Although buy? I have a copy of the first edition of the rule book somewhere. Ah. I've read a little bit of it. Would you be willing to buy a module if Dave Kleinschmidt's name appeared on one of the counters, the German leaders? Oh, absolutely. Leaders? I have offered to buy the Hakapale. You did buy it. Oh, I You did. gave me the money already. We don't have it yet. Right. Oh, right. Oh, no, you didn't oh, give me the money order. yet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dave. <laughs> Which one is it? I painted yeah. Dave's porch patio, and he gave me a bonus money oh. and said, this is for HP when it comes out. I go, well, don't you want a copy for yourself? He's like, No. <laughs> I'll just keep playing your stuff. That's right. So, so there it is, a, a, an actual C4 corner. You've never seen one. I have never seen one. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. And you don't I really need no, one. It's like giving a bald man a comb. The, the problem <laughs> is I don't have any counters to cut. <laughs> so yeah. you're going to give me a module, too, so I can practice? <laughs> Maybe you could clip all the corners on like paperback novels or maybe something. Maybe Doug so would be a better yourself. recipient for the, for the oh, C4 maybe. gift today. Yeah, don't open that. Oh, You have an open one? I've got one for Doug. Actually, that I can take home. I think yeah, so. No, I no, no you take it. that one. I do want to see it though, because we do I'm have another a one. gift. You're getting a gift, yeah. even though no, I am. You I haven't am listened to enough shows to earn it. <laughs> more festive than I felt five minutes ago. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a office party. He's so when he listens to ten shows, people. he's got to let you know, and then this he can is, use this it. This is very yes. generous. I, 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 just, I appreciate this. Well, we owe it to our sponsor. Yeah, Dave King sent us to these to give to our guests, and you're a guest, and you actually own some products. Dave, we're going to have to give you, Dave Timmon, and we'll have to give you something else. Okay. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know what. Buzzer? We can give him. We'll give him the buzzer. The Epilady. You may not have the uh, Three Stooges. Give me that back. You may not have the Three Stooges bottle open. Yeah, that was hard to come by. Yeah. So, Doug, you can go home and clip counters. And your wife is, what, what does she say about uh, your gaming now? Well, uh, she is probably going to listen to this. So, I will say that she's uh, an incredible wife. Mm-hmm. Very supportive of all my little endeavors that I get into, mm-hmm. and that it's probably going to be a little bit tougher for me the next few months to get in some gaming. But uh, she's super cool about it, and that's me go out and do my thing, and yeah. you know we'll see how it goes. But uh, the listeners probably don't know that I have a five-week-old at home. Is, is why Jeff was asking. So a five-week-old what puppy? Uh, <laughs> uh, Child kind of like or a puppy. <laughs> kind of like a puppy. It's a, a baby. A baby. A baby Logical, human? A, human. A, baby a baby human. human. Oh. A tiny little human. Oh, okay. And Congratulations. You, oh, thank you. And you don't realize actually how helpless they are until you have one in your home. And you realize that if you lay it down, I say it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> lay him down him. and walk away and come back. He's in the exact same place he was 
He can't even turn around. He can't move. He just yes. lays there and flails around with and his arms. Of course, and legs. the danger is when you get used to leaving him on the couch. It's so pathetic. And that's usually when they learn to flip over. Right. Oh god! And right off the couch. Yeah. So be careful of that one. Right into that the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't keep our couch that near to the fireplace. Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know more about kids than I do, then. Because. <laughs> oh, because I, I don't keep them by I put the fire. Right by the fire. Oh, it keeps them warm. Does keep them a little toasty yeah. warm. We've learned they're relatively indestructible. They're babies. resilient. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've had a few mistakes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, is. we're glad. We're glad your wife uh, indulges you. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm glad because I, I probably picked the worst time in my life to start getting into this. Right. While yeah. my wife was four months pregnant, but uh, and everyone warned me how tough it was going to be, and it's tough. But she is super cool. Is letting me get my gaming in still. So yeah. So I'm a happy camper. Right. And just so you know, what happens in the broadcast foxhole stays in the broadcast foxhole. I was going to ask about that yeah. earlier. Unless it so gets out on the air. Right. And let's get this show back on the road. Yeah, okay, we let's yeah, talk about Squad yeah, Leader. We were really straight here. Are we doing a quiz show? We what? started... Yes. Actually... <laughs> <laughs> you never did. Did you really... Can I bring up something? Oh, you did. Yes, can go I, ahead. Can I bring up something else that we that we forgot to talk about? Yes. Or I, I want to talk about. Is it related to the Squad about? Leader? You know, on the Game Squad forum, and um, if you people don't visit the Game Squad forum, you should, because there's a lot of great... Do, Doug, do you go on Game Squad? You, you know, I just... Uh, a guy I've been playing with in the city told me about it. Yeah. And so I've been putzing around on there, getting some information here and there. And it is. It's a great site. Yeah. Other than, uh, I'd say, ComSim World uh, and Mark Pitkavich's site and Game Squad are the places to go to chat with other people about Squad Leader. And somebody started a thread on um, New Year's... Res- New Year's ASL resolutions. So I'm wondering if anybody has made any New Year's ASL resolutions. I made a few. Can we but hear I'm just them? pulling yeah, these I'd, out of I'd my like head. to hear them. I, yeah, I, I made a few. Number one was rewrite the rule book entirely in bullet points. i got to get started on that. <laughs> Probably next year is when I'll start on that. Uh, organize my counters correctly instead of putting the large green pretty ones in this cup and the little brown ones in that bag. Yes, mm-hmm. I think your system needs some improvement. It does. It's a mess. Uh, I'm going to create a set of flashcards to carry around with me so I can remind myself throughout the day what my SAN number means for me. Oh, very good. Because I can never remember. Does it mean, does when I roll my SAN number, does it mean that I Jeff, get my SAN I'm so you? glad you mentioned that because every time I play, yeah. I have to look it up in the rule book. I, oh. I cannot remember if that's what I roll. You the man. Thank I, you. I, I'm dead serious. They just did the little fist punch <laughs> people. This, I don't know if I'm... Happy or embarrassed, <laughs> but they that just, just did our, that. That was just our Wonder Twins rings. Yeah, uh, they did that whole "dude, you're the man" thing. Yeah, I love you, man. Oh gosh. I, 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 no, honestly, I'm just glad to hear yeah. someone else say that because yeah, I know I'm getting a little bit older and I forget things, but it drives me nuts when I can't remember if that's my die roll or my opponent's die yeah. roll. Yeah, it's not. So a, I used to mix I, it up too. It's not. You did too. You're yep. so you're in. Okay, I, Dave yeah. Kleinschmidt. What about you? Uh, no, I learned it pretty quick, even though it's not intuitive. Well, how do you remember it? Because you have a lot of a lot of ways of remembering things, like superior turret, inferior turret, with the round and the square. And the... I think, yeah, none of those tricks. Just, just I, I know I have to look at my opponent's roll. It's, it's your sniper number. Yeah. yeah. So that means so it activates rolls, your so he rolls off. my number. Yeah, you have a number listed, but and the problem a... is you're looking at your own rolls all the time, but you have to look at his roll. So it's it's the one thing you're doing when he's rolling the there's, dice. There's got to be some word association thing yeah, to remember that. Some. Mnemonic device. Mnemonic I device. I, I, that's a New Year's resolution. Same. Maybe yeah, I'll, I'll, come, I'll come, up with yeah. come up with something. Yeah, that'd be good. It's a it challenge out there. 
If anybody can come up with a good way of remembering that, we'll send them a C4 corner cutter. Brilliant. How about that? Excellent. Jeff, Absolutely I, free of charge. Jeff, I had one more resolution for you, though. Okay, go. Were you going to do something about the boxes that you get in new modules? I'm going to keep them. You're going to keep them. I'm going to keep the boxes. All I'm right. not going to throw them away or put them in the fireplace. All right. Wait, who... Who throws their boxes away? <laughs> Jeff. I do. Your ASL module boxes? Yeah, I've thrown a lot. You're not listening to the podcast. No, that, you know, that, that's been well established. I don't see... <laughs> you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> you don't see Beyond Valor on my shelf, do you? But he owns it. Or Yanks? I do not. Yeah. The other ones are just storage. Uh, a couple of the starter kits are also not there. You know, we're very into practicing non-attachment, though, yeah. honey. So yeah, it's, that's it's one okay of my favorite things of, of the whole thing. You'll get it when you go back and listen to some of those early episodes. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's my second New Year's resolution, is to listen to all the podcasts. How's that? All right. Oh, how, how many are there? 29. This is 29. Listen on your computer. Jeff, you have more resolutions? Uh, yes. Um, Fire tanks. Fire tanks, maim, and armament. Without rolling box cars, I hear it's possible. I I hear it's possible, possible? but I don't think it's possible. uh, The last several scenarios I played, I've just totally ruined all my tanks right off the bat. Uh, Do not buy any more modules, action packs, or scenarios until I've played at least ten (laughs) percent of the ones I already own. Oh, come on! Sorry, MMP. Sorry, all you guys, but. This isn't a museum. These they're made to be, you know, they're here to be played. Well, we'll get back to playing that Italian action packs. Another resolution: play an entire scenario all the way through without thinking. Why did I ever start playing this game? (laughs) Uh, Remember to actually use the armor leaders I so carefully record. Oh, (laughs) I always forget that. They always say there's several rules like that. Write it down secretly on a piece of paper, and then. No, and then forget it. And I put then... it. I put it right out on. Usually, I put it right on top of the tank. The guy's like, "Cool, you don't have to reveal that." <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> if I don't reveal that now, I'll never use the neg yeah. one. So go ahead and shoot at the tank if you want. Read Marcel Proust's "A la recherche du temps perdu," so that reading the ASL rules will seem easier. I don't think it'll seem easier. I think you just need to not read as you go to bed because you carry you're right five hundred notebooks <laughs> up. Okay, this is just my take on it. Like, yeah, this big heavy stack of books, and then you're like, and it's all ASL stuff. Yeah, and then you're like, where are my reading glasses? Yeah, and I always say, buy buy a second pair, keep no. them upstairs. No, That's so then frivolous. he gets all the stuff set out, all spread out, and about seven minutes in, he's <laughs> snoring. <laughs> He's sitting up with all that crap uh, <clears throat> books, sorry, oops, around him and asleep and That's true. The yeah. best yeah. laid plans of mice and men. Yeah. And then it's like the the drool stain on page forty three of his <laughs> yeah. rule book. Yeah. That's why I put everything in these plastic sheets. I noticed that. Is that yeah. why you that's do not, that? That's not that's for protection, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, these are drool protection. I was gonna ask about that. <laughs> but now we know. Yeah. Nothing to do with no, oil it's from a, your hands. It's, it, it, it's the it's same cruel. way. Nobody really needs to know this, but it's the same way in the bathroom. Oh. You know, you, you oh, take you your. You're eating the bathroom. Think, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll go grab my squad leader rules. Yeah, but and like, then I'm you know. I'm asleep and I'm falling right off the toilet. Well, for, for, forty five minutes later, you're like, what, what did I come in here to do? I better take, I better take care of that as well. Mm. And my my last uh, resolution is to just have my head examined. Oh. So. For lice or something? or <laughs> Happy day. No. No. That's it. So we'd like to hear if anybody's got an ASL resolution. Let's hear it. 
All right. Okay. Without further ado. Yeah. Can we do quiz show now? Yes, we can. Oh, poor wow. thing. You've poor been thing. dying to do this. Wait. He had a boogie style that no one else could play. He was a top man at his craft. Hip hooray. Living in the USA. One you yanks all holler Welcome back, everybody, and now it's time for another episode of Quiz Show. Well, I put a little homework into this one. Did you put a fresh set of batteries in your buzzer? No, so you'll, you'll be glad, Robin, when it goes runs out of its batteries. But now you're here with us, so yeah. it won't bother you as much. Cause I you hope I can help, Jeff. Can we be a team Oh, together? yeah, we can, can we be a team? Quiz show, yes. You, right. can, you can be a team. Okay. And, of course, it's not truly a competition. He was laughing. It is just to learn the rules. Ah. So I will ask the question, and you so, can buzz in. No wagering. Or not. You can make a buzz sound with your mouth if you need to. There's no wagering on any of this. And the topic is guns, because this show is Guns Episode 2. Oh, yeah. Ready for question one? Ready. What type of counter... Must man a gun to use the gun without a penalty? What type of counter? A gr- granite? No, no, not a granite <laughs> counter. No, no. A, a squad leader Green? counter. Oh. oh. No, no. Doug? Uh, a crew? A crew is correct, Doug. He did. Doug's first point of his career here on our show. Am I, am I winning? You're winning. You're winning. I thought it wasn't a competition. You're winning. Oh, no, that's right. It's not a competition at all. You're not winning. Good one, Dave. <laughs> what does the R number on the back mean? Resistance. Repair. Resistance. Dave. Repair. The repair oh, number. Repair. Oh. Correct. Very good. I thought it was Robin said resistance is futile. <laughs> it is. Or R for Robin. Ready? Yeah. Want to call Robin? Yeah. The. Get that beer out of your mouth, Jeff, so you mm. can answer the question. Sorry. The I I just X knew number. it probably wasn't going to happen. Oh yeah, the break number. Yes, Jeff got a point. <sighs> It's not a competition. The show's not rigged, Doug. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that wasn't it's just nice to be out of the box. <laughs> it totally is. Dave gets it going. It's a three-way tie. Oh, but it's not a competition. No. Dave, you know. Mm. Yes, it is. A lot Dave of times we play. It. Yeah, Dave, he Come almost on, broke my Dave. hand one day reaching <laughs> yeah. for the buzzer. <laughs> and Dave, you know, you have to keep one foot on the floor when you're reaching for the buzzer. Well, that's, that's just and, the way and I apologize when I took that knife and, and stabbed your hand <laughs> to the table. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what the hole is from? Yeah, that's what that's from. Oh. I'm sorry to heal, too. Dude. It did. Yeah, Jeff was in pain. A gun duel, this is a statement. A gun duel is when a tank approaches a gun. Okay, a tank, vehicle, approaching a gun, a stationary, uh, you know, anti-tank gun or something. Dave is now miming a tank as if <laughs> to help my to help listeners understand. See it in our- it didn't help. And, and the gun wants to shoot at it first, at the tank first. Okay. Or the tank shoot using bounding first fire. That's a gun duel. Okay? Okay. So the question is, and it starts to get complicated, can a gun duel be declared versus a concealed gun? Can a gun what? Robin, what, how would you answer this? I think he's not reading it well. That's a, I, <laughs> Doug, Let's all agree on that. Doug? I'm going to take a guess and say that the tank... Cannot declare a gun duel against a concealed gun, but the gun could strip his concealment and declare a gun duel. You are correct. So wow, the answer really God, is false. the dude has a brain. The answer would be no. Holy yes. cow. Right, that was a question. Okay. And now, 
The next question is true false. Wow. Impressed. Yeah. The gun has to declare a shot. True or false? The gun has to declare a shot versus the vehicle first. Oh, false. Wait, 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 no, wait, no, you're saying concealed or just regular? True. Yeah, no, yeah. Dave got the point. If they're going to strip their concealment, of course they'd have to. No, this no. is, the, the, the gun, it's true, the gun has to declare a shot versus the vehicle first. Then you go into the gun duel mechanics. The tank can't say, gun duel. Oh, it's I just, see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is, the question was just poorly worded. But. No, it's right out of the rule book. The, well, oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. It's legally exactly. easy. This is true false. In order to declare a gun duel, the vehicle must... Okay, this I wrote poorly. Yes. <laughs> true false. Okay. In order to declare a gun duel, the vehicle must not need to turn its vehicle-covered arc. Is that true or false? If it has to turn its vehicle-covered arc, can it declare a gun duel? Doug? I'm going to say if it turns its covered arc, then it's using points so the gun can get a shot off first without having to declare a gun duel. You are correct. Yes, it cannot have to turn to get it to call. So you can't come up facing right. the wrong way and say gun duel. you points to turn. So. But your question was whether he could or not, right? You not necessarily. Cannot. If he, he, cannot. If he turns his covered arc, then the gun can get a shot off before... Oh. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't mean he still can't yeah. declare it, even though he gets well, shot Legally, at. yeah, he can't declare it. Um, how do you determine... <laughs> it depends on how you interpret the question. <laughs> how do you determine who wins a gun duel? So the, the, the vehicle says, I'm going to shoot first. The, the gun says, I'm going to shoot first. You, you add up uh, the t- all the t- hit modifiers, and you both roll dice, and, and then add or subtract whatever the difference is in the modifiers, whatever the lowest number... Gets the first shot. The guy with the least die roll modifiers. <laughs> that is correct. Oh, wait, so you don't both roll. You just no, you don't roll. Oh, yeah, yeah so you're, you're partially correct. Right. Rolls, you're right. partially correct. Okay. So it's yeah, partial yeah, that's credit. how I do it. Yeah, half a point? Yeah. Half a point for you, half a point for Jeff and Robin. Because we were thinking whoever's deader. Yeah. <laughs> whoever's deader loses. <laughs> Does the plus, so when you're adding up all these modifiers for your shooting at each other, you know, they're all in the to hit column, you know. Actually, plus, I don't know. I've done this but, you like know, once. Plus one. Well, but you know the modifiers. Uh, oh, at, right. a, yeah. at a moving vehicle, plus two, or, or buttoned up, plus one, all that. When you add it up, does the plus one for a gyro stabilizer count? <laughs> Jeff and Robin. <laughs> no. No is correct. Well, why the heck not? Would you just answer no? Oh, okay. Oh, no, that was Robin. She no. reads the rules. Oh, when I'm not feeling well, when you she fall reads asleep, the rules. She picks me. up the books and yeah. reads them. She reads them a lot, and then you're asleep six minutes later. Yeah, I've never read ASL to you. I should do that. that yeah. Would yes. that be yeah. kind of fun? That might help. Maybe you could sing it to me could in I a lullaby get, I could format. Give that to you for that, that could be a new <laughs> format for the podcast. Could be bedtime ASL stories. Yeah. Oh yes, I, I like, like it. it. Maybe you close the show out with it. Yeah. Definitely. Assuming they're not sleeping already. That's very fun. Well, if the gyro stabilizer does not count, and Jeff, I do not know why not. Um, let's think about it. The gyro stabilizer. Well, because it has. A, oh, has it a comes fire. off the dice roll, right? You you instead of doubling the lower die roll, what does the gyro stabilizer do? Well, 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 because the gun because the gun duel determines who would shoot first. So the the fact that it stabilized doesn't count until actually after it's shot. Well, there's a plus so that's one why all the modifiers gyro. help, like what train and all that you're in. So it makes sense that it wouldn't help because it's an it's aftershot effect as a stabilizer. So therefore... I'm just guessing, I don't know. So therefore... Yeah, and I don't know the answer, so I'm just going to go on. 
don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, Are does you cover it up. We're right or not? I only if it fit into my question because okay. I made these notes like three weeks ago. Do, so then, does the doubling of the lower die roll count in your calculation for the die roll modifiers? No. Jeff, of course you are not. Correct. Of course. Wait a minute. Same reason. Hand me the buzzer. <laughs> Same reason that Doug just gave. <laughs> yes, Jeff. Jeff. Most emphatically, no. <laughs> that is correct. Same reason Doug just gave. You haven't. I can't believe you would even ask such a redis- ridiculous question. <laughs> well, we needed. That's one ridiculous. That anyone could get. Oh, oh <laughs> that was <laughs> not nice. I'm sorry. I'm going to put Dave in charge of the website next. Oh. Yeah, right. Okay. okay, this is our last podcast. We have a problem because he spells. Have you listened to how he spells H T T P colon? Is that a colon back or a semicolon? Splash. Those two dots. Is it backslash or backslash? All right. Okay, I'm, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. True, um, Actually, they're forward slashes, aren't they? True or false? That's true. Acquisition modifiers count. Sure. Sure. Jeff is correct, but he didn't buzz in. No, so Dave steals in. it with a true. It's too far to reach. Yes, it is. We'll give it to Jeff I and Robin. room handle. If the dyro modifiers are equal, I think Doug's going to get this one, then who fires first? You Doug. both roll. Then you both roll, and? That came up in my game a couple weeks it did. ago. Okay. It's Mr. Holmstrom. Ah, and who wins? The guy with the? Lowest roll. Lower roll. All righty, then. You if roll the, one die or two? Two, it's your shot. You're Not three. Each other. Not three. Okay. Two. Counting okay. of the numbers shall be two. Yes. The If the defender survives the shot, not eliminated, shocked, broken, or stunned, can he immediately res- resolve his attack? Jeff and Robin? C. C. No, yeah. yes. Yes. This is, this is oh. a multiple yeah. choice. It's yes or no, not A, B, or C. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's for the next question. Okay. We. We're what just happens? Being international. Yeah. Oh. We. Yeah. It's for what our, happens if the die roll are equal? Crucible. Uh, no. Oh. Arm, Armageddon. No, not Armageddon. <laughs> Isn't it in Revelation something about uh, if the die rolls are equal during a gun duel? No, that's the, the seven lamp stands. Oh, okay. Dave is correct. Simultaneous. You actually resolve it simultaneously. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if your dial modifiers match up, then you roll and it's equal, boom, you can hit each other. Lucky guess. (laughs) Now, here's a teaching moment. If the the defender wins the gun duel, he changes his covered arc before his shot. Otherwise, he turns after the attacker's shot. So if the defender wins the gun duel, he can change his covered arc before he shoots. Otherwise, he turns after the attacker's shot. So the defender may announce another attack and defensive, and the defender may gun duel again. So you can do a multiple gun duels. The second duel counts the rate of fire as a negative. Yeah, it's pretty. We're all sitting here, very like wide-eyed, and it's very. I've, I've never seen four people with such a blank look on <laughs> yeah. their faces yeah. at the same well, time. Well, and I didn't know this, and I wish I wrote down the rule. We can have Doug read it. Doug, go into the rule book. Guns. Did you? Did oh, you? I don't, I don't you have can a have. Rule book with me did right you put that in the form Jeff's of a question? question no, it's teaching moment. Oh, that was oh. a teaching moment. Okay. Oh. The defender wins the gun duel. He can change his cover arc before a shot. Otherwise, he turns after the attacker shoots at him. So, if you have a what a side armor vehicle. Yeah. 
and the defender wins the gun duel, I have fewer modifiers, he can turn his covered arc. What is a covered arc? But I didn't write arc? down vehicle covered arc. Oh, it's vehicle. the way the gun faces or the tank faces, if it's a vehicle covered arc. You know that little... I wrote covered arc, so this must be a gun. The little stick thing that pick, that points out the front? Of a gun, a cannon? Yeah. That it faces its covered arc. Which way that's pointing. It can turn to face the guy. Um, you mean that thing is called the covered arc? It means no. the point of no, reference? No, it means the amount of ah. area how far you can shoot at. Turn it, right? Oh. Or have to turn it. The arc. Okay. Yeah. Doug came up with the big clinker. He didn't find it. <laughs> I don't think it's in my rule book. I think that's yeah. You're Jeff's you're right, Doug. It's, it's not in there. Yeah, I, I took it's that page in there. out. It's not yeah. in there. But anyway, no, no, well, I took that page well, out. You were reading that. In the oh, did you really? Yeah, so I was reading it. It's under my pillow. But anyway, the defender may announce another attack, and he may gun duel again, and then you count the rate of fire on your gun as a negative. So if I have a three rate of fire, I count it as a minus three. It shows it can shoot more rapidly. That is true. Everyone can look it up at home. Question then. Can a gun marked with first fire fire again? Yes. Yes is correct, David. And it's going to fire again as what kind of fire? Doug? Intensive fire. Intensive fire is correct. Why don't most guns... Why don't most guns list a range limit? Jeff and Robin? Because most guns can fire beyond the normal range. That, that, would be, that is correct. That would be portrayed by one of the geomorphic maps that come along. That is correct. Later. We should do a show about the maps. We're you going to. Um, who was it that suggested that we should do that? What? I think Jeff just a show did. about maps. The, maps. the Tuomo. The Tuomo. The Tuomo, yeah. Dave, when you pulled up, was there a guy the outside, two guys outside with sunglasses on in a car? I did not see anybody. The Tuomo oh, didn't good. tell you here. Yeah. The Tuomo mm-hmm. left. The they t- probably went to Taco Bell. They'll be back. I hope the Tuomo still listens to your show, Dave. This, and Joe. <laughs> he won't I hope somebody I, I, still listens to the show <laughs> after this episode. It, I, it, I have it, a feeling it, this yeah. could be our last episode. Is it safe to say that I'm not going to be invited back? No, you're relatively under control, Doug. It's the rest of these people that I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. This, this is a could statement. be the Dave and Doug show from now on. <laughs> this is a statement. Yeah, which would never get on the air. <laughs> That's right. We'll just record them and we'll send them out on CDs to people yeah. who want them. Yeah. Cassette tape. Right? Grandma, Dave's going to. Oh, I know. You no, know, he's going to cut them into plastic. <laughs> Those plastic tubes. This is a statement. If it has numbers in brackets on the gun, it's a statement, Doug. He knows this <laughs> yeah. Okay, Doug, what does that mean? It's the minimum and maximum range. That is correct. If it, Well, actually, those are the range numbers. And if only one of the numbers is listed, it's the. Maximum range. Maximum is correct. Wow. wow. Excellent. I, this is quite I, the... I, I read my rule book unlike some other people <laughs> in our presence. <laughs> and this is supposed to be a statement. IFE, otherwise called the Infantry Firepower Equivalency, it's by the caliber, 75, <laughs> so if you have like a, a 20 millimeter gun, and in parentheses it has a 6 or a 4 or 2, right? You fire that as if it's like rifle fire, well, you know, yeah. like infantry fire, table fire. That is used directly on the IFE chart instead of using a to-hit procedure. So, of course, you don't roll to hit. You say, I'm going to use this IFE, this number in parentheses. And, question, if you use it as IFE, the number in parentheses, instead of the caliber number, and you're not rolling to hit, you're just shooting it, what happens to the rate of fire? Gone. No? Deuce by one. Oh, you can't guess twice. Chicken Robin? (laughs) 
Reduced by one. Reduced by one. Robin right. is Very good, Robin. <laughs> it's so intuitive. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> you almost don't need to read the rules for that one. Can the IFE use a fire lane? David? Jeff and Robin? No. No, it's correct, David. See, tense you moments you there. Tense. Tense. I didn't know. I had no idea. You didn't on that. know that. I have no idea on that. Yeah, that would be I've tricky. I've never played one. it that way, so that's why Correct. I said no. It's probably because I've never I, seen it. Because it doesn't mean I'm too stupid to teach you it. Well, that could be. You saw you don't do the gun duels. That's <laughs> true. We don't do gun duels. <laughs> all those rules. Let's remember that. Let's try yeah, and do gun duels. All of us. I, okay, yeah, I have my let's resolution. Set up some gun duels. New Year's resolution. I don't think I'm ever declaring a gun duel. It's 2010. Go ahead and shoot me first. If you miss, let's get this over with. (laughs) Well, it makes sense they wouldn't be able to do it as fire lane, though. Yeah. It's not a machine gun. It's not a machine gun. Can an IFE use armor piercing versus a tank? No. Jeff is correct. Jeff and Rob. No, why? No, why would they? Why would you even ask such a ridiculous question, Dave? You're I, insulting all of us. Yeah, let's, I put let's, in some. Let's quiz salt. Dave now with questions. Why would you ask such a ridiculous yeah. question, Dave? <laughs> the Tuomo made me do it. <laughs> Good answer. Does it, I guess that means the IFE guy, pay case A, changing the covered art penalties? Of course. Buzz, sir. Yes, yes, you are correct. Yeah. And may it take a snapshot? Yes. No. No is correct. Sorry, Jeff and Robin. How come? Because of Rule twelve point seven five. Can't take a snapshot. You made that up. Yes, I did. I guess that makes. Sense. <laughs> I, I, I almost looked that up in the book. <laughs> so the reason is no. Yeah. I guess That's that makes not sense. That's a reason. Okay, no, well, think about it. Yeah, Jeff's right. It's part of the. Is not just to do the question, but to think about it. Mm. It's IFE firing those 20 millimeter little cannons, rapid fire, and AA guns, you know. Um, why can't it take a snapshot? I don't think it could move it quick it enough. move quick enough, correct. Maybe it's that. too cumbersome yeah. to move quick enough. Yeah. So that was rule of 12.75. Well, no. Let's think of it that way, though. I it's, think everybody should look up rule 12.75. It's too, it's too heavy to move the gun. Yeah. You know, would, think of it that way, you, you, know, you won't know, forget it. would be amazing, it, Dave, yes. if it actually was rule 12.75. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. If you're firing that IFE thing, does it cower? Jeff and Robin. No. No is correct. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Yes is... No is wrong. It's yes. You're kidding. It does cower. It's not a brave gun. How can it cower? How can it cower? Oh, I guess because you're using it as a machine gun. Unless you have a leader? What if you have a, like oh, a leader, correct. a tank? Yes, a leader. leader a leader. Or yeah. Fins? That yeah. would forget. Yeah, that Can would a leader direct IFE? Yeah, I don't know. So yes. That's minus, that's no, wait. Mi- that's minus one for you in yes. the quiz? It can, but not. It can. An armor leader can, yes. Speaking of yes. cowering, I don't no. really get the cowering. I, know, I understand the cowering rule, but I don't get what the real world uh, analog is for that. Well, assuming it's assuming you're getting shot at, or you're more concerned with preserving your own rear end, so yeah. you're not firing full. You're staying behind the tree and letting your buddy shoot, so the squad cowers. Or you get shot at and you duck, and so you're not firing back as effectively. Yeah, yeah, cowering. Um, and the, the hardest and the, part. And of that, the, the same know. thing would would apply during a. And what did we answer for the cowering? Yes, it, it, it does can with cower, the guns. even though it's a gun. 
Yeah, I think they should have been more consistent. Because it's not being yeah. used like as Doesn't ordinance. Doesn't make sense. So it's, yeah. yeah, but I agree with Jeff. If it's let's treat it more like ordinance, it would have made yeah. it easier. Um, but and, and Dave, for listeners, I, I I completely learned this the hard way. But when you roll and you've not fired yet, and you cower, you automatically mark with final fire. Yes, yes. you are. Yeah. Yes. That's one that uh, I wasn't aware of. And you lose a fire lane. I learned that in a tournament when I thought I was going right, to win a scenario. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and I cowered out of fire lane. Mikhail, let me see you run through that. And he went, no, yeah, that fire lane's gone. You're final fired. Oh, no. And then you forget snakes are actually... Yes. Powering, right? Correct. You think that it's a good roll, but it's really... Yes, it can go against you. Right. May this IFE, firepower equivalency thing, may it form a fire group with infantry. No. No is... <laughs> Jeff? Dang it, <laughs> No is correct, Doug. Uh, I'm going to answer in French. Yes? No. <laughs> may it be directed by a non-armor leader David no no is correct can it use deliberate immobilization David no no is correct <laughs> can the IFE retain acquisition why not let, let no them. no is oh, correct no. <laughs> can it use Good recovery Spraying fire. No. Wrong? Yes. Yes is correct, Robin. Wait a point Can for the Jeff IV and Robin. use spraying fire? We have a dog that uses spraying fire. <laughs> yeah, it's really an yeah. issue. I know. I'm, prob- I'm sure your son <laughs> is going to be using spraying fire pretty soon. Oh, he already soon. has. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we have these little pee-pee teepees that we put yeah. over them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you learned that. You may want to keep the gun shield handy. <laughs> the danger zone is really... Yeah. Big. There's a covered arc there. What's it called? Oh, the covered arc. Course. Yeah, Huge. I was trying to think yeah. of that. I'm just there's, trying to do quiz show. Large no, covered arc. The there's, there's no People. penalty when he changes his covered arc. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he hits pretty accurately. Yeah, he hits you. <laughs> Can. We've we really gone downhill with the addition. I think of we have. Dave, myself, and Robin. Can the IFE bore sight? What? Is that a complete sentence? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Can the IFE. IFE Boresight. I'll say yes. David is correct. It is yes. It can Boresight. Mm, good one. Although, like Jeff was saying, but it's not really used as a gun, so it would seem yeah, a little so confusing. So let's try and memorize it somehow. That's by special rule, right? That's a good one. Uh, no, is not on, not on the scenario rule? card special rule. No, it's always the rule. Oh. Always the rule. What is an IFE's normal range? 12 inches. Wrong? Oh. Yeah. Higher? Higher? You guys didn't get that. Robin, higher. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Anyone? How many hexes? Sixteen. Sixteen is correct, Doug. Oh. I-, I wanted to give these guys a chance to I play. And it's half fire from seventeen to thirty-two hexes. It's okay, Doug. There's always one brainiac in the group. Does the IFE use sustained fire or intensive fire? No. Jeff, intensive fire. No, Dave. Sustained fire? Sustained fire is no. correct. What does... Are you does? sure? Yes. I think that rule is wrong. No. I think it's in the errata. The errata. errata. The, no, that's the, that the, the erotica. Yeah. The Mahabharata? That's another book on your bookshelf. What oh, yeah. real book would you Is that the Liberetta? Something else. Or is that yeah, like a libretta. song book? Yeah, well. What does the large white circle on a gun counter mean? Doug? Doug? No. Large target. 
No. Small target. This is a superior turret. No. <laughs> Stop it. Stop superior it. Turret. Stop it, everyone. Three, 360 Rising turret. sun. 360 turret. <laughs> 360 turret is actually correct, Doug. Oh, that circle. And it's a T-type. Now, without well, it, they're non-turreted. They don't have the circle. The large white circle, right. Not the little white okay. circle. Okay, uh, well. I meant the circle like, like I meant to say a but o, Would you mind being o, a little more clear? In the future, <laughs> yes, I will. And I need to bring my notes next time. Yes, you can. Yeah. You oh, you wrote you notes. Should, yeah, notes. Tank, I have. You could use the corner cutter nope. on your notes. Oh, you're right. I could. <laughs> they wouldn't they be so need, dangerous. They do need now. trimming. Yes, they're sharp corners. Hey, what happens if? <laughs> hey, <laughs> what happens to the rate of fire if a gun changes its covered arc? Drops by one. It is lowered by one. This is correct. And this is called what kind of fire? Or what kind of rate of fire? Dropping by one. Dropping by one. When you fire. lower it, reduced, when you shoot, it's called. It starts with fire. a C. Oh Power? yes, creduced fire. <laughs> I almost missed that. <laughs> Creddy fire? No. Crappy? I'm going to go with no. creduced fire as well. No, it's conditional rate of fire. No uh, points for oh, you. I like creduced. No points for any of you. I like. I like I've never heard too. of that one. If it has no rate of fire, oh, I'm sorry. What happens if it has no rate of fire? You mark it. With an intensive fire. Control. That is correct. This shows it cannot use intensive fire. Now, conditional rate of fire applies, this is a statement, only to the next shot. So if you get a rate again on the original rate of fire number, then you get to not count it, right? Continue with the rate. So, you know, you turn your gun, you have to take a plus three for turning the gun. Right. And then if you shoot and have rate, does that plus three count again on your next shot? No. no which no. is why it's great to not worry about the conditional rate of fire penalties and just, you know, mm. the pluses at least. Now, question. Can you move a gun and fire it in the same player turn? Anyone? I'm going to say that you can if it's limber. If it's a limber Jeez, that might be getting too tricky for me. Limburger. Normally, though? No. No, Jeff is correct. Jeff and Robin. Can I just call you, Thank like, you. Jobin? Yeah, you could. sure. Okay. Jeff Rowe. Jeff, Jeff Rowe. That's fine. Why is that no? <clears throat> no, you push your gun. You can't fire it. Yeah. Unless it is mounted on a vehicle, of course. But you can change the cover. In our case, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't push okay. it if it was on a vehicle. Correct. Unless you're out of gas. Correct. But it would be moving anyway. So, therefore, can a gun ever use two die rolls on the same effects table? So you roll and you get a hit. Can you roll twice on the effects table? Yes. Yes. And that's called, in the game rules, a... Highly unusual? No. Double uh, roll? No. Start Cheating? With... No. <laughs> Am I getting close? <laughs> yes, you are. I'm running out of words. It starts with an M. Oh, yeah. Monkey business. Multiple. Multiple... Hits. You are correct, Dave. Multiple hits. Rule. So this is chart on the so easy. Chart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, we were looking sorry. at that one. It's intuitive. Robin knew that. This whole game is so intuitive. Thank you for not ruining it for me <laughs> wow. by just jumping in there. And I'm learning this way. Thank you. I know. Okay. And now, here's the trick. What size gun can use multiple hits? 50 millimeter. Uh, less than that? 37. 40 millimeter or less, down to f- greater than 15 millimeter. So, what do you have to roll to get the multiple hits? You don't just get on any shot. One on the color die? Nope. A five. That's the rate of fire? No, but that's close. You just have to get a hit. No, it has to be a certain die roll. Oh, doubles. Doubles is correct. Use it 
Okay. Use. Is this a statement? Use. But that doesn't count at the same time, does it? No. Doubles? A resolution or to hit. Guns don't count. Right. Good question. Now, can a light anti-tank weapon, you know, yeah, light anti-tank weapon, can it use the multiple hits? No. No, it's correct, Jeff and Robin. Robin, Jeff Rowe. <laughs> Insulting. <laughs> no. How about a... No. Did, he, did he even ask no. us that question? You know what I mean? No. How about a 12.750 cal machine gun? Uh, which, which one? 12.7. It's a 50 caliber machine gun. Can it use a multiple hit? I'll say yes. Wrong. I'm going to say, say no. no Jeff Rowe? You are right, Jeff Rowe. <laughs> Can an aircraft use multiple hits? No. No, it's correct, Robin. Can a multiple hit apply to two targets, Robin? No. No, that is correct, Robin. Can a, How do you know all of this? Can a multiple hit apply if the gun malfunctioned? Yeah. Yeah, so even if the gun breaks, it could still get the result of the multiple hit. She studied. Of course. Yeah. And how do you determine a hit location? Color die. If it's greater than or itself, it hits the turret or the hull. If the color right. dies less than the white dies, a turret hit. If it's equal or greater than the white, then it's a hull hit. It's a hull hit. That is correct. Now, the way we remember that is our white dice is always the top of the yeah. stack when we roll, light to dark. So the light is the turret on top. But there's also a chart. Right? Yes, it's yeah, on the charts okay, also. Yeah. So it's you on can, your gun you charts. You remember it your way or you, or you can look at the chart. All right, a few questions left. How can you determine the hit location of a gun shell? Oh, we just did that. <laughs> now, oh, oh, look, I even wrote, explain the memory mnemonic device that I just explained. Uh, you, had remind, you had to remind yourself to explain the memory mnemonic I did, device. I forgot what he said. What did he say? The, the when, you, when you roll random selection, light is the top, white to dark. Yeah. Right. And that's the white's the turret. Oh, okay. So if that's right. the high die roll, that's okay. the victim. Okay. Yeah. Small yeah. calibers. Yeah. This looks like it's teaching. Small calibers lose velocity faster than large calibers. So any weapon less than or equal to 57 millimeter is a neg one to hit die roll for every 12 hexes beyond 12. I'm th- I think I was thinking we could memorize this too. We know the, the small calibers lose velocity, so any weapon less than 57 millimeter or equal to is minus one for every 12 hexes beyond the first 12. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, some people know that they can quickly calculate that in without looking at the chart. Yeah. And a weapon less than or equal to 40 millimeters subject to an additional neg one at greater than a 12 hex range. That's the rule. Next time, guns, Jeff, will be rules C, 4 through 8. Just Can't so you know. wait. Coming up. That'll happen in 2010. Whenever we probably. get to that yeah. one. All right, everybody, like thanks for playing. That was a great quiz show, Dave. And it was a tie. Everyone tied. I think he did a great job. He did do a great job. And thanks to our sponsor. The C4 Countercutter. That's right. <laughs> and Schwerpunkt. Yeah. And it's now time for movie review. Oh, excellent. I'd like to open with Dave reading this wonderful letter we got from a fan about Jeff's review. Okay, the review was about the longest day. This is from David L., Mm-hmm. And what he said here was, I can't blame the actors for bad writing. How many times can someone disclaim about being on the brink of a great moment in history, etc.? Burton's acting choices make some sense if you realize that his character has been fighting for three years. He's literally burnt out. Still, some of the dialogue Burton has given is pretty heavy-handed. 
Um, his second point here is, too many big names really hurt the casting. I feel like the casting process wasn't who's best for this role. But where are we going to squeeze in Paul Anka? I tend to lose my suspension of disbelief when even the smallest roles are played by major stars. You'll notice that Zanuck learned his lesson. Zanuck. In... Zanuck. Yeah, the, the director. Producer. Ah, I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> learned I his said lesson. Zanuck too. Uh, and did not repeat this mistake mistake on Tora Tora Tora, which he did later film. Yeah. Ah. Um, and then his final point here is the longest day is not without its flaws, but is still one of the most influential war movies ever made. The Longest Day proved that you could still make money on an A picture based on World War II in the 1960s. I do not doubt that big budget movies like The Great Escape or The Gun of Navarone mm -hmm. would not have been made if not for the commercial success of The Longest Day. Again, that was mm -hmm. from David L. Very well said. Better than yeah. I could say it. That's why I chose to have us read it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And Robin has a response from another listener. This is from Andy. Hi, Andy. Glad you guys are still up and running, and very glad to find out I'm not the only one who finds The Longest Day to be embarrassingly corny and Hollywoody. And Andy is looking forward to the next show. Well, that's All good right. timing, because this is the next show. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and I like that he points out the, you can see the cool weapons in the movie. That's yeah. what he's pointing out there. Yeah. And Jeff, was there another one that we had? Yes, yeah. this is from John Sturm. John Sturm. Jeff, one of my favorite movies goes down in flames, The Longest Day. I will agree that the acting is fair, but the storyline is very accurate. And I have always overlooked Eddie Albert's shortcomings in the movie due to the fact that he was awarded the Bronze Star for his acts of heroism during the Battle of Tarawa. Wow. I hope this link's, link works, and he has a link here to a web location. Yeah, so, so a lot of good comments coming in from yeah. that, Jeff. This seems like a good thing we're doing. I, you know, and I expected to get some... Some feedback on that because, and after all, a movie review is just a matter of opinion. It's certainly not statement of fact, but I'll stick to my guns, so to speak. Guns of Navarone. Yeah, my guns of Navarone and saying that The Longest Day was has is a very long movie and has uh, seen its day. I will respect that opinion and I will counter with my own review because we took the film Jeff gave us and Adam and I watched it. Uh -huh. In Ohio for Adam? Thanksgiving. My this, son. Oh, thank okay. you, yes. Not the first man on earth. No, okay. no, not him. The very cool film to watch, though, with your boys. Because you don't want to see have them see all the really gory war films that you yeah. get today. You yeah. can't show them that stuff, right? So this is one of the good films to show them. It's and, Which kind of points out, as Jeff's saying, it's shortcomings. Adults would... It's, it's almost more suited for a younger audience <laughs> these days. Yeah, maybe right. that's true. Yeah. Which backs up what you were saying. In it, they played, you remember Beethoven's Fifth? Mm hmm Dun, 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 dun. They would show, like, the pillbox emplacements at Normandy. And, and it actually go, dun, 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 And then into the next scene. Which you didn't mention, I'm surprised, because yeah. it was really, did, yeah. didn't work, yeah. did it? That's my no. favorite part of the movie, actually. <laughs> oh, oh As Jeff just said, when you're doing film reviews, it's basically like you're saying yeah. there's something wrong with the person. Because they actually liked the film that you didn't. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's not what you said, was it? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> explosions actually had air puffs. Did you notice that in the movie? There no, was, that I didn't notice. These explosions would go off by these guys in these pillboxes and trenches, and poof, 
their hair would blow, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, he had great equipment and uniforms, as that listener pointed out. So if you do want to see some of the historical parts of the war, oh, there's a 57 millimeter cannon. Oh, look at the look at the Thompson submachine gun. That's like in Squad Leader. Um, it was a clear story, very well told. I mean, it yes. was clear. You yeah. didn't get confused like you might with some bands of brothers like well which guy is that and which guy is that and you know it was very clear to tell what was going on it was an eight million dollar budget it went over during production which of course worried the studios that long shot jeff mentioned remember i saw your long shot you said it was this tracking shot of these guys they were storming this bridge came across the bridge ran across it up the other side of the river a huge long shot yeah seven times tried by other directors all failed the eighth one succeeded with a new director on that shot oh zanuck actually used different directors in each different area to try and give it some unique flavor like for the german scenes were filmed by one guy and the french scenes by another guy Uh, one for best cinematography probably that long shot and special effects oscars those poofy hairs yeah during (laughs) explosions and it really i still gotta love it it's got pegasus bridge in it omaha beach it's got everything it's got everything about D-Day. So I, I would say, you know, it's yeah. still a good film, but Jeff is correct. It's dated. Yeah, I think I think that's the hardest thing when you go back and watch movies from that time frame after watching something like Private Ryan where the realism factor is so much higher. It just makes it... It's almost like the, the newer movies that have that realism have kind of ruined the older movies, I guess, for me. It makes me much more difficult for me to watch the older movies i mean i don't know what do you what do you think i agree yeah i think that's the case too there are some old movies that are still for me totally watchable when i think of you know for world war ii movies sahara you know with humphrey bogart or well great escape i'm drawing a blank on the yeah great escape still kind of good yeah i think that's that still plays very well i I mean like more from like the action battle scenes yes like you know some of the old movies just you see the the explosion and the guy kind of leaps in the air and flips over yeah Yeah. and it's just yeah and so the explosions aren't realistic they go straight up in the air yeah you dug a hole they put the little explosive and then it shoots up in the air right and there's like 20 of them going off around a tank and you're like well what are there you know 20 artillery pieces shooting for the same thing Mm -hmm. i mean so it's just you know the realism just I've got a battle scenes from earlier movies. I, I've got to look up my notes, but I, I saw a movie and I was telling Robin about it. In the scene, whenever a guy got shot, he threw his hand straight up over his head, turned yep, around, turned and, and fell, fell down. Oh, yes. yeah. And uh, Sergeant what York. Was it? Oh. No, it was something I've Several watched. films then. Yeah, okay. But everybody did it. I noticed it early on in the movie, and it was. It was there were a lot of battle scenes, but everybody did it. It's like the like director they had the saying, same trainer. Everybody throws your head, hands up in the air. Turn. I don't know why it would be a German director. You've been but. shot. Turn and fall because uh, you've been shot. Yes, and when you're shot, shot, your arms go up in yes, the air. That's what happens. <laughs> no, that's true, Sergeant York. And I, that's, I think I mentioned before. I used to in class. I show clips from Sergeant York, and then I'll quiet on the Western Front and draw a very powerful lesson on. Propaganda that both films have a message they want you to understand about war, the same war. And that irony is, All Quiet is more gritty and realistic and scary. And it was made in 19, what, 20, 1929, after World War One, before two, and Sergeant York was made during World War Two. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And yet, the the older film is more gritty and realistic. Interesting. Yeah. So that's an interesting, yeah, counterpoint to what you were saying. But I think with with these films being this way, you want to, and David, when you and Christopher start watching more films, yes, and you'll learn more about your squad leader games. If he's not afraid. If he's oh, that's right, Christopher. Thank you. Very afraid of things. So yes. you would start with again longest day when they're young, so they can enjoy them. As Doug is saying, once you go to the hor- graphic horror film or films, you can't go back. Yeah. And so then you maybe there's a way to build these films right. with our children yeah. and to teach them history that way and make it appropriate and, and meaningful well, and enjoyable. I, because the old war movies were so clean, I liked to play Army when I was little. Yeah, I did too. I yeah. see. And, and we thought... Throw our arms up and twerk We thought around. that, you know, because it was, it was okay, it was fun. Yeah. You know, you get shot and you go, oh. I, I just played Army yesterday. I had a blast. <laughs> did you really? Oh. In the backyard with guns or squad leader board? No, I just played Army. Did you play? Did you have cookies and milk afterwards? Did Absolutely. You, I'm coming to your house. And I took a nap. And did you, you keep <laughs> repositioning the baby? Because we already heard, like, once you put him down. Yeah, I, I was going to say, that's, did, that's the greatest thing about it. He just laid there. He, 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 he was going to be there. He played the dead guy, right? It's not like he's going anywhere. He played the dead guy all the time. You can put his arm like this, and he doesn't move. He's there when you come back. Wow. Well, I thought my next review would be World War II in HD. I was going to say in hard drive. Uh, in high depth. <laughs> First of all, what do you think of the title of that? That's it's actually the good. title. World War Two in HD. That's I'm not, I'm cool. not familiar with that. Can you, why don't you tell us a little bit it's about it? It's a documentary. The new documentary is, if you listen to our podcast, Sorry. you would have heard about Wait, which podcast? Oh, your podcast. <laughs> <Last> is... <laughs> Wait, the podcast I'm on? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll listen to this one. It's, uh, Can we talk about that tonight? It's the, It was on the last show, uh, previewed, and Jeff linked it. It's uh, yeah. World War Two in high depth. It's the newest documentary stuff on History uh. Channel. Oh. It follows twelve or fourteen people. I thought the title was kind of bad, actually. Or yeah, it wasn't filmed. In, it wasn't filmed in high definition. And what kind of title is that, really? A tech, a tech title? Wait. How's that going to sound in twenty years? Uh, Wait, it, so, it yeah. wasn't filmed in high definition, but the title is World War Two in, in HD. Yeah, confused. correct. They redid it and they cleaned it's it. It's like up saying World they, War Two in digital, where they take the old films and just put them on DVD. It's it, it's meaningless. But anyway. You mean it's the thing that came out last year that everybody was giving for Christmas? No, this year. I think yeah, last year's was the, the PBS one. You know what I'm war. asking about? Yeah, the war. Yeah. yeah. Right. In HD. This one. No. Yeah. This one followed 12 or 14 people, and they're all shown in the opening titles. The opening guy in the first episode fled the Nazis in Austria. Very good story. Interesting. Uh, it's a quick walk through the early war stuff in that first episode. You know, the Nazis taking over and blah, blah. There's some um, cool shots of stiff upper-lipped English kids emerging from bomb shelters that I had not seen before, and they say a lot of this is new footage, not never before seen. Uh, there's a neat audio montage, I like the history report thing I put together with the different sounds and things going together. Yeah, I'm listening to it thinking this is just like the thing I made, you know, which was kind of a cool that someone yeah. else thought it was. It uh, slows down a bit later. Although there's quick-paced editing in the show. A lot of it moved pretty quickly in the beginning. I thought the pacing was quick. Later on, it does slow down a bit. There's interesting audio and sound effects in it that make it seem really unique and kind of spooky and eerie. You know, hmm. it's very unique if you when you watch the show. So it's kind of done in an artful way. But the, what, aren't do these sound effects go with what's going on? Yes. Yes. And the audio? But it's not authentic... Okay. Historical sounds. It's, yeah. it's added in huh. to accentuate the visuals mm-hmm. on the show. 
the rough quality of some of the footage sometimes helps the show make it seem more exciting actually hmm. um the footage some of it's very clear too very surprising to see some of this really clear footage on the show so what is this again this is a documentary so this yes. is film that was taken during yes. the war color in hd color in HD. <laughs> yeah. it's amazing color. they had the foresight to use hd cameras back there yes too. yeah that's, that's the most amazing. impressive thing about that show yes they have a neat graphics um, that moves from area of the world to area of the world. It zooms out of Normandy oh, cool. and zooms across over to Saipan and zooms in on the oh, island. And then you it pick shows up you what's happening at the same time. The other there? guy's story. Yes, oh. I like that. Yeah, That's neat. so that works pretty well. Mm-hmm. I thought, and helps it be good teaching. It does have some new footage. Some of it you can see is why they didn't maybe use it before. It's kind of shots of. Guys, just helmets all bouncing around, you know, and they would pick the shot of a, a better shot. But but a lot of it's really neat. Uh, the color varies greatly. Some of it looks a little like hand colored, you know, colorized film, but it's not. Yeah, it's just the quality of the film at the time and the different processes used to make the color process. The very violent, grotesque images vary in color. Bonsai guys laying dead, heads blown off jaws missing it is graphic and it is obviously then very realistic patients they follow a nurse patients being operated on right you know it's like it's very graphic and i was thinking that well they never used to show this kind of stuff but just this week i went back and was watching an old the century with walter cronkite Mm -hmm. showing world war one stuff and it did have some black and white images of dead germans partially burnt a little so I think it might, I basically forgot those kind of images were in those old documentaries, but I think this footage was maybe buried some of it for a reason. Wow. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's out there. Wow. So. You know, there's a, uh, obviously there's a lot of footage that we've never seen. Very graphic um, stuff. Yeah. So, so, so it's safe to say after watching this that you probably wouldn't want to do a bonsai charge? No. Yeah. Wow. A lot of dead bonsai and Japanese guys. Mm. So, but I'm I enjoying the series. I had gone through more episodes since I wrote this little review. How, how many episodes in the up. series? I think there were four or five. So each an hour a piece. And can you get it? Do you know? Can you get it like? Uh, yes, they on are on the website. They are selling demand. it now. Yes. Right. Oh, but you can't just stream it live from their oh, website. Oh, I do or not know. Like yeah, I do not know that. Do you have an HD TV at home? No. But and, but how does it look in general? It, it looks good. So that was standard. Deck. No, it looks like old war film. It does. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some parts, as I said, were yeah. pretty clear, yeah. surprisingly clear. But yeah. no, it's just a, it's just a documentary. Yeah. But it is. But it's good. So you recommend it? Follows new new people's stories you haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stories, and um, they're yeah, they're they're very well done series. And the more I watched, the more I liked it. And again, yeah. it's not just all late war stuff like they invented color in 1944 and only filmed the late war. No, it covered Guadalcanal. It does, okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Well, I'll have to watch that. Yeah. Can I ask a question? You may. What's your favorite modern-day film about the war? Well, Saving Private Ryan's pretty good. Yeah, it's so good. And I loved Band of Brothers. I mean, it's not yeah, a movie. Yeah, the series, but oh, yes. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I asked for that for my birthday a month month and a half ago in Blu-ray. Yeah, Band baby. Of Brothers in Blu-ray, and I can't wait to fire that up. I'm yeah. ready to that, that, see that, it again. Yeah, that, every episode is amazing. So yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think my favorite is the bunker. After having seen that, yes, really. Oh, I, I'm I wondering how, how I missed that one because when we watched that video that we it, passed on to the listeners, I, I never saw that movie. So I'm going to have to rent that. One. Yeah, I've never heard German. of it. 
Oh. It's in German. Part, that's probably why I don't, I don't speak German. Yeah. Or, or, is it a It had subtitles. Film? Who's going to go to that? Except no, my so dad, that, me, and my brother. Oh, that's the one you told me. So. Yeah. <laughs> I have to have a translator next to me. To Dave, do you wow. read some? Do you have any more films you liked? Well, I did like Saving Private Ryan, although it's a little graphic. It's not something I'd watch with my son. But it's pretty it, graphic. It gives yeah. you a good, Upset. well, probably not even, just a little flavor of what it really was like. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty scary. Yeah. But, you know, it's intense. It's definitely intense. Yeah. Nobody yeah. mentioned uh, Letters from Iwo Jima or uh, Flag was... of Our Fathers. I was, and yeah. I, I wasn't that impressed with those movies, yeah, personally. Same I had some problems with those movies, just from a storyline standpoint. Yeah, I, so I, I saw one of them, and there. I don't remember. Yeah, didn't yeah. like it, obviously, that much. I was going to pursue the other, but never got around to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking in non-historical World War Two movies, but Inglorious Bastards... Even though it is not really in the the realm of what we're talking about, was an amazing movie. I yeah, mean, I, I keep was, saying I, I was engrossed by that movie. Even though it's, you can almost think of it it's as being little, kind of ridiculous. Yes, but yeah. in terms of its entertainment value I and the tension it creates, that is that's that was an amazing film. I mean, amazing. Well, we'll have to do another uh, movie review thing here then. Yeah. Well, going to do a history report, but going to hold it, I guess, because this show's long enough. You think anyone's listening by now? No. Oh, for sure. No, we lost them back there in the middle of quiz show. We're not even listening. Oh, come on, we rock. We're not even one of the best. <laughs> it's our party show. It's our party. It show. is our party show. show. It has a little more festive air to it. But uh, I'm going to put that in the show notes too. That it's a party show. It's, it's very our, relaxed. Just it's put our, it on and our work, have your friends over and have a great time. Block out a couple hours. Sit by the fireplace. Yeah. Put this on. Get some eggnog. Yep. That's what you're supposed to do it, Doug. Yeah, oh, I like that. Fun. Get some eggnog. Dave, I'm going to listen to him. <laughs> well, as we sign off, let's wrap this one up and put it under the tree. Uh, a great gift for the end of the year for everybody. So, this is it. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. I'm the other Dave. Uh, I'm Doug. I'm Robin. And Charlie, I'll speak for Charlie, He's, who's here too. So, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. We'll see you next time. And remember to... Roll low and rally well, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Yes. Bye, everybody. Right. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Happy holidays. Change it. Rally. Rally. Rally low and rally well. Rally well.